This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. Today I want to talk about anger and frustration and I want to go over ways in which we might be able to release some of this from our body because if we have a lot of anger and frustration that results from our health condition then these can manifest into other parts of our life and have a negative impact. So it might impact our relationships with our friends and our loved ones and in some cases even cause them to shut down. I know for me that I actually really withdrew from a lot of my close friendships and I, for long periods of time, really just didn't want to see people. My physical state was obviously deteriorated. I had lost a lot of self-confidence and I just didn't want to talk about my health and about the problems I was going through because I just had this mindset that I would like to just crawl into a cave, fix myself and come back out again. And so these negative impacts that we have on our life when we are full of anger and full of frustration need to be dealt with. And in addition, because of the negative impact it can have on our physical well-being, we know that those negative emotions can create a deep sense or feeling of stress inside the body. And we all know very well that stress has a real mechanism in our body to create more disease, whether we just look at the stress studies that are being done on the microbiome that show that stressful events dramatically lower the amount of healthy bacteria that we have in our digestive tract, or whether it be just the kind of common sense knowledge that stress creates health problems across the board. So we need to deal with our anger and frustration and we need to get it out. Now, what is the anger and frustration all about? Well, for me, it was because at the early stages of my disease, I was just worsening. And my lack of hope also was contributing to this. Now, I define hope as having a game plan to move from point A to point B. So hope returns quickly when you suddenly see that game plan. And I see this when people are early adopters of our Patterson program materials. They will email me a day or two into their kind of digesting of the materials and going through the videos and reading the materials. And they will email me in an elated way saying, finally, I have hope. Finally, it's exciting again. And that's because the plan is laid out so clearly. And so a lack of hope is just having no game plan to get from A to B. And so for me, when I felt helpless and I felt the pain starting to, you know, go into new parts of my body, my C-reactive protein and SED rate increasing each month, the discussions with the rheumatologist becoming more and more serious in the early years, having surgery on my left elbow, all of this became emotionally traumatic and extremely extremely upsetting. And so 
That's what we're dealing with when we're not making progress. So what about when we are making progress? Well, in those particular states, then we still have a level of anger and frustration. And we can often get this through comparison. I see this sometimes because we have so many testimonials, if you like, or success stories from our program. It sometimes becomes almost the norm for some clients to expect to be dramatically healed in a short period of time and get off all their medications. Well, it took me years to achieve that. And it takes most people years to achieve that. And we have to be careful how we manage our expectations. And that's not to say that it can't be done or there is a particular unique set of circumstances with some individuals, which means that it's impossible. No, I believe that everyone has the ability to experience absolute dramatic and life-changing improvements that are sustainable when they follow an ideal approach to their healing. But that's not to say that the climb up the mountain isn't a rocky one and isn't a frustrating one. I've always said that reversing rheumatoid arthritis is more difficult than climbing Mount Everest. And although it's probably not fair for me to make that comparison since I've only done one of those two things, I know that if you have a lot of money and a lot of determination and good health, that there's probably a reasonable chance that one day you might be able to summit Everest if you were to put that at the top of your goal list and you had a lot of Sherpas to help you up the mountain and trained, focused for potentially years in advance. Well, you know, people uh, will try very, very hard and put their minds to reversing rheumatoid, but the intricacies and the delicacies involved, I believe, make the task more difficult. But we are going to be experiencing these anger, this frustration on an ongoing basis, and rather than trying to fight it or suppress it, I like to get it out. So with all of that build-up, well, how did I go about it? Funnily enough, with all of the pains and problems that I had in my body, I found it very difficult to shift this anger and frustration out of my body because my knuckles were swollen, my wrists hurt, both elbows hurt, my fingers hurt, so I couldn't go and punch anything and I couldn't go and run. My instincts told me, that I wanted to just punch the walls. And I actually remember punching the walls in our Sydney one-bedroom apartment when we were living there, and I was going through very frustrating times. I'd punch it, and so much pain would come back at me, not just from the contact points, but into my elbows and the wrists and the areas that also were jarred through the inflammation as a result of the punch. And I desperately wanted to run. I just really, really wanted to go and almost escape from my mind and put all of that energy out of my mind and into my body. My dad told me when I was growing up, and he still says this to to this day, that you've got to get anger out of your body. You've got to move it out because if it stays in, then it just builds up and it swells and no good comes from it. So my dad used to always say, get your anger out. 
And, you know, I would hear him out on the farm sometimes just go outside and yell at the dog or, or something like that. He just, I don't know, just just scream at something, the animals or whatever. And I guess I took that on board. And because I don't have a big farm to walk outside and start screaming on, what I found is that I used to go on, you know, in my car on a drive somewhere, maybe I was driving to a comedy show or something similar, and I would get on the freeway. And when there weren't any other cars around, I would just absolutely scream my lungs out with anger, frustration, obscenities, abuse. I mean, I would just clear that out. And after really, really letting that anger out of me in the loudest possible way, I would feel a definitive sense of reduced stress and reduced frustration. So, you know, we know if we ever studied physics at uh, university or maybe even through high school that the first law of thermodynamics, uh, which is known as the law of conservation of energy, we know that energy cannot be created or destroyed. So energy can only be transferred or changed in form. So the energy is coming out of our body in a way that it's I think potential energy, energies that's stored, it's circulating, but it's not contributing to anything positive. And what we're doing by just screaming and getting it out is we're moving that energy out of our body and uh, getting it out into the universe with some sound energy, some heat energy through probably our face, some uh, uh, energy in uh, the vibrations of our body and I just think this is very important. Now, screaming in your car is not the only way we can go about this. Of course, we can go and work out at the gym. We can go swimming. We can get on a stationary bike. To a lesser extent, we can do something like Bikram yoga. And probably one of its only downsides is that there isn't a kind of energy release in the way that feels satisfying. Obviously, we get a tremendous workout and we certainly Uh, use up a lot of our energy, but not in a way that can be emotionally satisfying. Sometimes we just feel like punching walls. And so find a way in your life that you can now implement a strategy where you can have the punching wall effect or the beanbag punching effect that gives you that sense of satisfaction that you've shifted this energy out of your body but you haven't hurt anyone else and you haven't hurt yourself. My idea of punching walls, obviously a stupid one, but you know, you do some desperate things in some desperate times and uh, without the ability to run and to punch walls, uh, I found that screaming in my car gave me some degree of satisfaction and seemed to scratch that itch, if you like, to get that horrible energy out of the body and to reset and to recalm. Now, I hope this has been uh, useful for you. And, you know, I'd love to hear ways that you also uh, can release some energy. So go to this transcription on our website, pattersonprogram.com. I'll make it pattersonprogram.com forward slash screaming hyphen in hyphen car just so that we can find this one 
nice and easily with a bit of fun. And uh, if you ever need some help from me, make sure you check out our products. PattersonProgram.com is where you can get the Patterson Program. And remember to opt for support if you'd like my help or join our opportunities to come and participate in Patterson Program support where you'll find lots of friends who are doing lots of incredible healing and reversing their rheumatoid arthritis symptoms and other inflammatory arthritis symptoms naturally. So for now, that's it for today. Happy healing. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Patterson Program. For more information, visit pattersonprogram.com.